Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Gar is gone, so we've got to have Nick Friedel on, right, from ESPN.com as we talk to Nick about um, the news that took place today with Gar Foreman no longer being with the Chicago Bulls. Nick, as always, I appreciate it. You got it, my man. So Gar is gone. How surprised are you today when you first saw the news? Honey, I think we all knew it was coming. But the reality of it was still like, wow. Gar withstood the test of time in that place. I mean, this was a move that was long, long overdue. And this is a change the the Bulls should have made, not just with Gar, but the entire front office for, for several years. But Gar hung on, and he hung on, and he hung on. So the fact that after all these years, he's not there. It's a good thing for the organization as far as a new direction and a new voice, but the the finality of seeing that that the gar was actually out was was still something because you just always figured that he would find a way to hang on and and now that's not the case. I just thought that he'd be reassigned. I did not expect a firing because that's not the Reinsdorf way. But when you see Karnasovas, the new man in charge, saying, regarding Gar, I think after some consideration and conversation, it was apparent we had different philosophies that would prevent us from moving forward. I mean, you don't get that kind of transparency very much. But clearly, whatever Gar said, and I have no idea what he was saying, but whatever he said, Karnasovas didn't like it and out the door, which is so un unreinsdorf like Well, and that's the key here, Hoodie. And, and the takeaway for Bulls fans, to me, is that the Reinsdorfs clearly gave him the ability to, to make that call. And for as frustrated as, as fans are, are and have been at uh, ownership, the fact that that call was being able to be made uh, by uh, a new regime, a new person in charge, that's a, a solid sign. I mean, that's the thing, Hoodie, and you and I have talked about this for years. I, I've had my ups and downs with Gar for well over a decade at this point, but Gar's reputation in the league over the over time, but certainly over the last few years, it's just not very good. Uh, you know, there are a lot of questions as to you talked about transparency. the 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 biggest The biggest knock on Gar was that he wasn't a straight shooter. You you just weren't sure uh, what kind of story you were getting, and that's not just from my experience with him. That's when you talk to people all over the league, you talk to former players, you talk to executives. Uh, that was. That was the rap on guard, and it was the rap on guard for a long, long time, but it was the rap certainly when things started to go south. So uh, there are a lot of layers. There always are with the Bulls, but uh, the fact that that, that call uh, was was being able to be made by the new front office and that the Reinsdorf's okayed it, uh, I'm with you. The, 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 the reality of it was, was something given ownership's history somewhere in your archives you've got thousands and thousands of columns and probably some secret tapes that we have not heard yet some secret sound from your days covering the bulls so is there 
Can you determine the first disconnect you had with Gar as far as his struggles as a GM? Is there one point in time that you can recall? Well, you let's go back in time because Gar was named the GM in 2009, Hoodie, and that was right about the time I got to Chicago. Uh, and for all the the missteps by Gar and Pax over time, you have to give them credit when credit is due. And there was a lot of credit due when he was co-executive of the year, when the Bulls uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals, when everything was rolling along, when Derek was healthy and, and Joe Keem was rolling. And then a couple of years later, you know, you get Jimmy into the fold, which was uh, Gar's best pick, uh, in my opinion. But when things started to go bad, it's it's very obvious looking back in time is when the relationship with Tibbs deteriorated. And I, let me reiterate yet again, there is fault on both sides. Anybody all these years later who says, oh, well, it was Gar and Pax and they messed up and, and they could have done things differently. No, it was not just Gar and Pax. It was Tibbs. It was uh, JVG. Jeff Van Gundy, it was, there, were, there were a lot of different factors in the reason why that divorce went down the way it went down. Still, it was Gar's job and Pax's job to get along and make it work uh, just as much as it was Tibbs' job, and it didn't happen. And so when they fired Tibbs and they hired Gar's hand-picked guy, the guy he had been talking about for years, several years, his, his old close friend, they're not so close anymore, but his guy, Fred Hoiberg, when they hired Fred and they knew early on, Hoodie, again, this is going back years, but they knew early that Fred didn't have it. And that's when Gar really it started to go down a different path because Gar was always... Gar was always uh, taking you down whatever path was was uh, best for Gar uh, and secondarily best for the Bulls. But Gar knew, and certainly Pax knew, that, that Fred just wasn't the guy that they thought that they were getting. Uh, and that's not all on Fred because that roster, again, when you go back in hindsight, was not built to Fred's strong suits. But I'm talking about personality-wise. Uh, they they got a different person than they thought they were getting with Fred. Uh, and once Gar realized that that part of it had started to go down the wrong direction, then, then things started to get really bad. And I think that's when the relationships deteriorated, not just internally within the organization, but all over the league. Because people were like, what? This guy, what is he talking about? So... Uh, you can all trace it back to the ending with Tibbs, the divorce with Tibbs, and the hiring of Fred. Because when those things happened, that's when Gar really started to lose the grip on uh, not only his reign as the GM, but the, the reputation throughout the league. Nick Friedel covers the NBA for ESPN, ESPN.com. Joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Where, uh, Nick, where do you place Gar amongst the people that you've had a working relationship with in your career? I mean, Hoodie Gar was one of the first people I developed that relationship uh, internally with the Bulls. And again, like both Gar and his wife Leslie, they were very nice to me uh, 
at various points in my tenure uh, on, a, on a personal level, but professionally, that's when things started to deteriorate. <laughs> when things got bad for the Bulls, things got bad for Gar. Uh, but as far as my relationship with him, uh, it goes back to the very beginnings of, of when I got to Chicago. I mean, I remember uh, walking out of the Birdo Center on plenty of days, uh, seeing Gar, and and you're just talking, and it's a lot of BSing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. always a lot of BSing with Gar, but uh, you know, I, I I remember a lot of times we spent uh, talking about a lot of stuff, and he was he was so he was so interested in uh, protecting not only the brand of the Bulls, but you know the brand of Gar. And in, in that regard, Hoodie, I, I don't think that makes him a lot different than a lot of league executives uh, all over the place and executives all over sports. But the thing that always would kill me is <laughs> he would tell all of us that he'd go on the radio and say, I don't pay attention to what you guys write. I don't, I'm not on Twitter or Instagram or any you know social media. That was all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gar, uh, Gar knew exactly what was being said. Gar knew exactly what the image of the Bulls uh, was, and Gar paid attention to a lot. Uh, and he's not wrong for that. But again, this goes back to uh, the the directness or lack thereof sometimes that I think got him in trouble, not just with the media, but uh, with people all around the league. So the very bottom. So now we move on to Kardasovis, the... <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you this. I'll say this about Gar. Now, see, his relationship with me is different from you in that every time I would talk to Gar, it was always on the level. There's a lot of he, you know, there's a lot of conversation about what his theories are about the team. But it, you know, you had a lot more dealings with what I had. We had a good relationship actually, Gar and I. But it was on a limited basis, and but there was this a lot of chatter and. A lot of arm twisting as far as how he wanted to express his feeling of the team, and his feeling wasn't necessarily maybe Pax's feeling, and that's I think that was a disconnect also. Yeah, I, I do think that over time, Hoodie, especially in those last few years, that disconnect became more prominent. But again, the reason Gar was named GM in a lot of ways was because he would deal with the BS of that, that goes inherently with that job uh, more than Pax would. Gar would, you know, that Gar hadn't been in front of the media in several years now, but I mean, back in the day, Gar was the public face of the Bulls, which is stunning <laughs> given uh, what's transpired the last few years. But he was always the guy they ran out for all those press conferences. He was always the guy uh, making the radio appearances. Uh, and I think over time, not only did Pax get tired of, of some of the stories that would come back, but uh, I think that they just, they didn't see as eye to eye over those last couple of years uh, as they had maybe in years past, because when the Bulls were good and Gar could be the front man, Pax could still do his work behind the scenes in the shadows. And then when the Bulls got really bad and that rebuild started and, and Gar had made some missteps well Pax had to come back into the forefront and and take a lot of bullets for a lot of different people notably uh, the Rhinestores so uh, you know like uh, as always with the Bulls uh, 
there's there's always more that than meets the eye. But as far as Gar and Pax, I, I think your point is well taken. Uh, <laughs> you know, years ago, yeah. it was it was pretty in unison, and uh, as the years rolled on, it wasn't as tight as it used to be. I always took it as a challenge, Nick, to when I interviewed Gar to get him off of his rhythm. Cause, 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 Gar always had a bullet rhythm. Points. Yeah, the bullet points. All I always love doing that because he, like, I'm, you know, he's doing the two step and I'm doing the cha cha. Yep. It, it would be all because yep. I'd ask him questions that no one would ask him, like as as I want to do, right? I would say, so Gar, uh, how do you envision the Bulls? Or which organization would you like the Bulls to embody? Meaning, what is the top team that you'd like for the Bulls to be more like organizationally from top to bottom? And he would just—he wouldn't be with that quick bullet point. Non, he would just like stammer and stutter into uh, Golden State, and he would like and explain why. <laughs> it would just, but it was never the Q and A. It would always be a little bit of a breath for him because he's not used to being asked some of the questions I would ask. And so it was—I'd ask him about his college time, and he would. It was always interesting because I didn't want him to give me this the same BS he'd give you guys on a regular basis. I want to make sure that he had some thoughtful answers to my questions. So I'll, I'll remember that. It, that still might have been BS too, but it, it, I made him struggle for it a little bit more. It was a different level, Hoodie, and I'm with you. <laughs> Usually those conversations, as I, it, it brings a smile to my, to my face about the old days. They would take place about 11.50 the night of the draft. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> take him off his rhythm a little bit and just like, you know, how has the college game evolved? <laughs> well, uh, right. when he's thinking about his golf game or his next meal, I, I would ask him like a a deep philosophical basketball question that would totally just throw him off, and I I enjoyed doing that to him uh, because he deserved it. Because it is the 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 usual twenty second answer is what he told everybody, but he wouldn't tell me because I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't allow those type of answers on my show. Um, the Carnesovas hire Nick just. Based on what you've heard around the league, what is the reputation of Karnasovas, and what do you think he's how he's done so far? Because just for him to be on the record saying, "Yeah, Gar and I were on the same page," that's um, that's something that Pax wouldn't say on the record, at least not in those terms. So, so what do you think of what you've seen from Arturis? Hoodie, he's well liked throughout the league. He's got a nice reputation. I think a lot of people are excited that he's elevated to this position. The issue, as always, 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 is you can have the best front office in the world and you can have a guy that you trust, and that is very clearly so important uh, these days, and we're going to see what kind of power and sway he has throughout the league over time. But the roster is not very good, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him as far as tearing this one down and building it back up to a point where the Bulls could potentially uh, contend again down the line. So uh, as far as uh, where he's at personally, I think he, his his reputation precedes him. He, he is well-liked and, and he's respected. Uh, the reality, though, is what happens next? Who do, does the GM become? Who else fills his staff? Why is is Jim Boylan still around? Why why would they send out that statement? Mm-hmm. I mean, what 
You're telling me that this guy who is trying to set a new course for himself and this organization is like, yep, you know what? I'm keeping Jim Boylan. I, I think he's the guy. I, I, I find that incredibly hard to believe. Uh, so there are there are a bunch of different things that go into any new hire when you are setting up an organization that has been uh, run the same way for so long. But uh, I, I'm really kind of waiting to pass judgment until we see what moves follow this initial hiring. I really like uh, what you wrote on ESPN.com regarding the Last Dance documentary that starts this Sunday. Um, I just, I'm very fascinated on how how many stories will be told, some things that we have not seen or heard. What stands out about what we're going to see here in this documentary that you're interested in? I, I am looking forward to it as much as, as any documentary in recent memory. I've been asking Begin to see it, and they won't let me yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious as to what that final season was like. And, I mean, we've heard the stories over time, over the years, uh, MJ punching out uh, Steve Kerr, and Steve's talked about it. Uh, but, you know, what kind of teammate was he at the end of that run? Uh, how difficult was it for uh, for those guys to to handle that level of stardom and mesh it with Dennis's craziness and and what was going on uh, with Scotty and the rest of the group by that point. I mean, there's just, when you have that level of success and you have that level of superstardom that's known worldwide, there's got to be stories that we haven't heard before that will come out uh, in this moment. And those are the things that I'm, I'm hoping uh, that this documentary shows fans who grew up like myself, uh, like, like you did. I know uh, watching this team and wondering what it was like on the inside. And it's good to see Phil Jackson on some of these uh, previews. I, I didn't know Phil would ever come out of his little teepee, uh, out of his, <laughs> <laughs> wherever he's been, uh, in, in whatever shelter he's been, because... I mean, after the Knicks situation, I don't think we'd ever see him again. But it's it's good for him to reminisce because that's part of his you know championship run as a head coach. It it absolutely is, and I'd add this real quickly, Liddy. When you talk to these guys, and I've obviously talked to Steve Kerr a lot more uh, the last couple of years, but there is so much respect for what they accomplished over time. Uh, and I think the cool part of this documentary, to your point about Phil, is how much cooperation they got from all over the place for guys to talk uh, and share their memories and go through what happened. So, uh, you know, it's like anything else. With the benefit of, the, uh, of time, things start to look better. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Gar and, and Pax and that era ending. There were some, some really, really good moments that over time will come back to the forefront. Uh, but this, this documentary is something that I know that – a lot of those older bulls from those teams uh, are interested to watch, just like all the rest of us. And power to the people for getting this uh, put up earlier, because this is yes. supposed to be later on in June. And now, as we wait for the league to start, this is, if the league does restart, this is a good primer for it, that's for sure. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, This thing was supposed to run hoodie in between the games of the finals. And they pushed it up. I think they're still trying to finish the the final parts as we speak. 
but uh, it was a good move by ESPN. It was a a nod to all the fans that were that were calling for it all over social media, and the fact that they were able to to make it happen is a great thing for everybody. Lastly, Nick, and I appreciate your time. How much could this docu series be something for the Bulls organization to hold up as far as the future? Because it's one thing to have this docu series of, of the good old days, the six thousand eight years, and the process for all of this. But how much of this could be something for the Bulls to say for the new generation? Like this is what it was like from for being a Chicago Bull in this city at the top of your game. I wonder how how much is this could be a, a recruiting tool. It's a fascinating point because if, if you're the Bulls, the only thing you have to hold on to right now is your past. That's it. Mm-hmm. You can try and sell the future, but why would you believe in the future given what's happened over time? So if I am the, the Chicago Bulls in the next month here, I am pushing this and holding this thing up and playing off of it constantly. Because aside from that little stretch when Derek was healthy uh, in the Tibbs era, there's not much to write home about uh, since since Michael retired. And so if you have this opportunity to relive and revel in your glory years, absolutely. You know everybody's stuck at home. You know they're all watching. Uh, and you, you, you just hope that by people watching this uh, documentary, this docu-series, that they remember the good times and there's a hope from some player, some younger player watching that thinks to himself, hey, you know what would be cool to, to get this team going again and to resurrect the greatness. My friend, as always, I appreciate your time on this occasion as Gar Foreman is gone from the organization. I can't wait to find out which, uh, which team he's going to scout overseas. That's going to be great. <laughs> Well, thanks. I don't think. Oh, by the way, will you send him a text for a golf game sometime soon when he's out west? Oh man, oh man, I, I, I will see Gar. Hoodie, you know what? I'll leave you with this. You know, the last time I saw Gar, truly, no, he was playing blackjack at the Cosmo with Tim Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I don't know, July at summer league, and we had a nice conversation for a few minutes, but. Man, I'm sure we'll cross again, and we'll have plenty of plenty of stories if and when that time comes. All right, brother. Thank you. You got it.